Right, everybody. Welcome back to 80s High, the podcast that is ecstatic to hear your crisp, beautiful voice come through that microphone and fulfill your order for your favorite movies, TVs, games, toys, video games, and more pop culture from the most radical decade of all time, the 80s. We're your hosts. I'm Ben. And I'm Chris. And we have one question for you. Would you like laughs with that? Ooh, I like that. Super size with laughs. That's what you want. <laughs> Super size with That's awesome. <laughs> I'm hungry for this episode. The audience oh my gosh. is hungry for this episode. I just told Ben, I was like, to do this episode justice, I need to be eating like a modern 2022 kids meal from McDonald's or something. I should have just run out to the restaurant, got my order, driven back home madly and see what's inside. Maybe there's a sweet toy in there. Maybe they had a leftover Hot Wheels from the 80s and they just chuck it in the box. You'll be excited. You can't see this off camera yet, but I am surrounded by Happy Meal toys for this recording. I'm very- Please tell me you put them all in paper bags. Uh, That's my only- (laughs) Foil paper bags and they're all set with mousetraps. This is going to be fun to listen to for everybody. Listeners, if you don't know, in the Real Ghostbusters episode, Ben was very enthusiastically showing off a bunch of his toys, but they were all in paper bags. There's a little bit of crinkling in that episode. A little crinkle. A little crinkle. And I never let him live it down. I never let him live it down. As you should not. I've got to tell you, I am jazzed in homeroom this week. Very excited. I'm still riding that Pat Benatar high. I got in my truck this morning and turned it on and We Belong was blasting on the radio. Oh my goodness. We do belong, Pat. We do. I'm pretty sure at some point in my life, I purchased a We Belong Kasingle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I had a Kasingle of We Belong. I don't know what age I was, but I was like, I went out and got it. We Belong. So good. Great drums in it. And uh, this this is sort of like a contemporary culture in homeroom, but I was excited. For those of you who are gamers out there, just Mm. last week, Evil Dead, the video game, came out based on the awesome 1981 Bruce Campbell movie. I mean, a a king of, like, schlocky horror comedy. I I love the evil, you know, Army of Darkness. I love those movies. How many... Hours have you played the game already? Zero, none, none. I have not. I, I have How I, much I, family I, neglect have you doled <laughs> out so that you could bloodshot eyes, Red Bull in hand, just like oh, that's awesome. I love that we're in this like current trend in gaming of these like cooperative shooters again that you can be together. You do a mission all together on a team. I think those are is so that fun. what this is? Kind of like Left for Dead or one of those exactly. Games? It's it's a oh, lot like Left cool. for Dead or Aliens Fire Team that came out um, recently. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive up. Oh, Friend of the show and previous co-host Mikey from our Slasher is probably the biggest Evil Dead fan I've ever known. Uh, And I'm excited to tear into the game with him. It's going to be fun. I'm going to blow your mind and Mikey's mind. In fact, this is the part where Mikey's going to scream into his steering wheel and punch the dashboard, as Ben likes to say. I've never seen Evil Dead or oh. Army of Darkness. Oh, my goodness. So, yes. oh, well, I know what we're going to do this October together. It's going to be great. I might just hang on to that. And then maybe in October when we do our Halloween shows, maybe you surprise me. We could even do a double. We could do a back to back. And I, I would love oh. to watch them with you because they're they're so uh, different. 
it's shocking they're in the same universe. They're such mm. different movies, but they're, uh, oh my God. I mean, personally, Army of Darkness, I love. It's hilarious. This is my boomstick. But so fun. Yeah, I, I need to get all these references. I've heard some of this. Now I need to experience them firsthand. Well, that's what I'm scratching into my desk here at Homeroom. What are you carving over there? You know, as I was editing our last episode of ALF, uh, I was listening to it and I was a little frustrated with one of my responses to a thing that we had talked about. And I just wanted, I don't know, clear the air and just make it be known my feelings about something. And that is, Ooh. you know, we talked about the uh, the scandal tapes where, where Fusco is imitating a character from Law and Order. Oh, and right, 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 right. He's, he's saying some profoundly inappropriate <laughs> stuff. And when I listened back to it, I felt like I was trying to excuse his behavior or what he did. Uh, and I just wanted to be yeah. clear, not the case at all. Uh, no one's called me out on this. I just listened to it and was disappointed in myself. Oh, wow. I was thinking a thing, but I said a different thing. So I just want to make it super clear, like not okay, all of the stuff that he said, regardless of how anyone else responded to it. And I can only hope if they're doing this show again, it's a situation where he's mortified that it ever happened. And it's a, you know, better and do better and you move on and you become a better person. So I just, I, I wanted to say that because I, I felt I was a little wishy-washy, a little flimsy on how I responded to that. Look at you. Here's the thing. People always say you go to school to learn what's in the books. But you know what? The most important lesson is the lesson we learn about ourselves along the that's way. Right. Look at your self-reflection. Look at you coming around. Yeah. You know, that's all I had to say about that. But we've talked so much about food. Oh my gosh. We've talked so much. My stomach, this is only homeroom. My stomach is like clinging to my rib cage. I am starving. I need to find out what we're going to get for lunch. I'm hoping that we all hop on the bus and we just pull up to the drive-thru and then the driver has to take like 60 orders of all the kids (laughs) on the bus. What a nightmare. Uh, Let's find out from our morning announcements what's going on after school today. I love it. Let's dive in. What's crack a lack in 80s high? I'm Frank Riley, and I'm here to share today's homeroom announcements. If, like me, you want to hone your etch a sketch skills, consider joining Class of 80s High. Email 80shighpodcasts at gmail.com to join. That's 80s. Today's lunch menu is provided in part by McDonald's. You deserve a break today. Happy Meals will be available first come, first serve. But who are we kidding? We just want the toys. After school today, the Mogwai Pinochle Warriors will be demonstrating their thumb prowess. Come down to the East Village and learn how to absolutely bag your opponents. Due to popular demand, the Drama Club will also be reenacting their popular rendition of Mr. Men Dirty Dancing. Thank you, and have an amped day. Go Mogwais! All right, that sounds absolutely delicious. And it sounds like Mm. if we go to the cafeteria every day this week, we might be able to complete our sets that we're trying to collect here. Uh, <laughs> I just hope there's no repeats. No repeats. No repeats. I will be so. I will throw it back in the window. Oh my gosh, so mad. Well, let's put this bus in gear and drive on down to history class and find out where fast food toys began. Sounds great. I kind of like imagining that we're on a magic school bus field trip for this one because we're going to like different fast food restaurants. Like we have to drive around a little bit. It'd be kind of fun. I feel like the ambient noise underneath this entire episode just needs to be of a bus driving around. Like all the noises of the brakes and there's the kids chattering. I just need to have that like really low in the background so you feel like we're all on this road trip together. Were you a back of the bus kind of kid or a front of the bus kind of kid? Did you ride the bus? I did. At certain points in time, I did. And gosh, what was I? 
I wanted to sit in the back. Yeah. But usually that's where the cool kids or mm. the bullies sat. Danger. It's very, it's deep water back there. Deep water. Yeah. Listener, you might think we're here to talk about the origin of school buses, but nay. Uh, yeah. How do we get on this topic? We have a different topic. And Chris, I think this is going to be one of the easiest intros we've ever had to explain the thing we're talking about. Can you tell us what are, what were fast food toys? Yeah, so today we're going to talk about fast food toys. This was a huge phenomena in the 80s. If you grew up in that time frame, you know exactly what we're talking about. All of these magical, amazing toys. Some of them were knockoffs of real toys. Some of them were promotions from movies or television shows. And some of them were just regular toys that somehow got chucked into the box with your burger and fries and chicken nuggets and all that good stuff. I have a lot of memories of this, so I'm really excited to talk about it. This is great. I did want to dig back a little bit deeper to try and find, like, when did toys begin to be added with food at all mm. of any kind? And the furthest back I could find were Cracker Jacks. Do you ever, are you a Cracker Jack? Are you a Crunch and Munch person? You know, do you have a, do you know that snack? I know it for sure. I don't know if I ever ate Cracker Jacks. Or if I did, I didn't like them. But I definitely know. I can see the box. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. And it would have like a, yeah, like a little toy inside, like a ring or something you pull out. And it would have a prize. I personally have never had them because I have a fatal allergy to peanuts. However, I can picture the box. And apparently starting in 1912, Bruckheim Brothers and Eckstein began putting prizes in those Cracker Jack boxes. That's earlier than I would expect. Right, much earlier. And so those first toys were either made of paper or pot metal or tin and even some wood. But, you know, I thought that was funny. They're not packaged. I don't know if you knew that. So, like, don't, like, just dump the box down your gullet because you could get, like, a wooden toy horse down your throat. you got to be very careful. Right. But 1912. Oh, so then I was like, all right. So I was I was digging through the interwebs of knowledge, and there is sort of a giant black hole of sort of when else something happens. And the next seems to be in World War II. And, and sort of the biggest evidence seems to be with Kellogg's. This is interesting. It's like an association with World Wars. So 1912, I think, is around the time of World War One, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. And then <gasps> there's a little pause. The next World War comes around. Is there some connection like we need something <laughs> uplifting from just the darkness of the world? I don't know. We need to drive war bonds for our boys in blue. <laughs> Let's do a drive with toys and cereal. <laughs> Let's put toys and prizes inside our food boxes. What was it? We talked about that in a different episode. What's that? What's that accent? Transatlantic? Transatlantic. We need to do a whole episode just in transatlantic. We need to find That's a good right. reason. It would be amazing. There's always a good reason to do it because it's There's great. That's why. So I was, I was like, all right, you got Cracker Jack. So cereal. There's got to be cereal. Mm. You always think of the toys and cereal. And yeah, so Kellogg's began doing it with their type of cereal that was called Pep Cereal Boxes in 1943. Okay. But here's the thing. The toys were like buttons with pins on them that oh, featured- geez. World War II U.S. military squadron insignia. Like, you think of those, like, pictures that are painted on the front of airplanes in World War II? But they're pins on the back of buttons in food. There's a weapon. Different times. This is back when people were walking on the high steel with no, like, harness or safety support. They're just walking 100 stories up in the air. Yeah, it's it's a wild time. 
So to be able to add a toy to fast food, we must mm-hmm. first begin with having a meal directed for children. So we've got to find out when that starts. What's the next war after World War II? That's when it happened. The next right. war. We go to the Korean War for That's the right. toys. What I really liked about this research is it's contentious, where oh. the meal directed at children and fast food chains began, which makes the history much more interesting. So I love it. Okay. So where I'd love to start is in a little town called Kokomo. And you might think that's somewhere tropical and beautiful. No, nay, that's Indiana. Uh, this is not the Beach Boys Kokomo. This is not the it. Beach Boys Kokomo. And Indianapolis for a little fast food chain called Burger Chef. Hmm. And Burger Chef, very sort of run-of-the-mill burger fries, milkshakes kind of joint. And in 1973, and listeners, these years are going to become important because this is where the contention comes in of who started what. So All right. 1973, Burger Chef started offering their fun meal. Which had a small burger, a drink, fries, a dessert, and a small toy, hmm. which could be a plastic race car. Uh, there was an example of like, you know, those like coin pouches, it's like a little rubber thing that you squeeze and you could fit like, I don't know, oh, yeah. a, a dozen nickels in it. Yeah. That kind of thing. They did plastic vinyl records. Hmm. So it was in a colorful box. Like you think of a Happy Meal box, it's in a colorful box with like riddles and cartoon strips. They had two characters, like they had themed mascots. Did you see the names of their mascots at Burger Chef? I did not. What are they? So you've got Burgerini. Burgerini. The great Burgerini, who was a magician. Sure, and a, of course. A vampire. I love the vampire. And a vampire named Count Fangburger. <laughs> Count Fangburger. Wow, that's Did interesting. You- Did McDonald's have a magician? Obviously, they had the Count. Uh, right? Wait, isn't, isn't no, that no, Sesame no, no, Street? No, they had. I'm sorry, they didn't have the count. They had Hamburglar. Hamburglar. How did I mix them up? One, two, three oh, chicken two, nuggets. Three chicken nuggets. Oh, oh my oh. god, that's hilarious. So what's fascinating? So in the decade prior to the 70s and the 60s, Burger Chef and McDonald's were head to head. McDonald's mm. actually pretty scared of Burger Chef. It was their main competitor. However, there's not a good future here for Burger Chef and. This goes into even more our contention. Okay. We're going to take a hard left here to a part of the world I bet you didn't think we were going to go in this episode. We're going to go to Guatemala. Okay. In the mid-1970s, in Guatemala, there was a little McDonald's being run that was co-owned and run by Yolanda Fernandez de Cofino. And she and her husband were running this McDonald's in Guatemala. And she invented what she called the Menu Ronald which was the Ronald menu. Sure. And it was specifically food directed at children. And it had a hamburger, small fries, and a small sundae. And McDonald's caught word of this. McDonald's corporate in Chicago. And they were like, this is genius. We've just been doing adult burgers and fries. But let's, if we can hook the kids. It feels like like a cigarette commercial. Like if we can hook the kids young (laughs) on the hamburgers and fries, we'll have them for life. Right. So McDonald's went actually to Kansas City. And they went to Adman. Bob Bernstein. And I never was able to find a picture of this guy, but I just picture Mad Men this whole time. Oh, sure. Yeah. And Bob was no small fish. So what are some of the biggest accounts you think you could land in the 80s? In the 80s? As an ad man. Oh, as an ad man. And I do say as ad man because this is the 80s. There's not a lot of ad women going on yet at this time. So ad man at the time. Is this like the, not the height, but is this also the big Coke-Pepsi rivalry? Is this the era of that? this is around that time. I did not see that Bob was able to land either account. Okay. But those would have been huge accounts at the time. Okay. Uh, Xerox and their competitor. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think of a very 80s thing. So he had Walmart under his belt. 
And he came up with the phrase, buy American, which was great positioning for Walmart. That's an 80s thing? Apparently. Wow. But also, <laughs> one of uh, brand near and dear to my heart, he coined the phrase, make it a blockbuster night. Oh, that's the blockbuster genius. account. Yeah. Wow. So this guy's good. This guy's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Late in the 70s, restaurant owners were meeting with Bernstein. They were trying to brainstorm how they could do this. And they said, you know, if, if we can figure out how to target kids with a meal, everyone's going to be happier at McDonald's because kids mm. aren't going to pick at their parents' food anymore. Right. And they'll get their own meals so they'll feel kind of grown up. And parents will have their own feel and they'll stop slapping the kids' hands saying, off, you know, off my fries. That's Everybody right. That's gets right. happier. And Bernstein's sitting at the breakfast table with his kids one morning and – the kids are staring at the cereal box, you know, reading all the different things on the box. And he goes, that's right. right. What if we had a cool box at McDonald's that the kids could read over? The package is where you got to start. You need yeah. the package. You got to make yep. the box cool. So he gets artists from all over the country to start drafting up ideas. You, you, you know, we need eight ideas per box. What could you do? And I'm sure like, do you remember Happy Meals back in the day? Like what kind of was on the boxes? Do you remember some of that stuff? I'm trying to remember the artwork. I just remember you would flip the sides out. The handle yep. looked like the McDonald's arches. Right. It was a great design. Oh, yeah. And it just reminds me not only of the cereal box, but also like, do you remember when you go to sit down restaurants and the kids menu had activities on it? You could like color right. or do a exactly. maze or a word find. That's just genius. It, you kind of captivate your audience there. And so this whole idea of like start with the box, might that be the alluring first thing? Right. It's really cool. And I don't know, did other companies do boxes? I don't feel like they did. Not that I can remember. I didn't find in the research about the box. The box is really iconic and important with McDonald's yeah, for the Happy Meal. For it's sure. It's sort of like, uh, you know, it took us another 40 years to get back to like YouTube unboxing videos. Like the packaging <laughs> was important. So this like design phase beta test of the Happy Meal box, it would have like puzzles. It would have little maps. It would have, you know, connect the dots games. Kind of like, a, do you remember Highlights Magazine? It would be like the fine stuff kind of Of course I do. Of course I do. Absolutely. Yeah. And he said, sort of taking these ideas, and it didn't say specifically where he got this idea from. Because remember, in Guatemala, it was just a kid's meal, but no toys. So he would say the box would have burger, small fries, packet of cookies, and a surprise gift with a drink on the side. He named it the Happy Meal. And introduced it to the Kansas City market in October of 1977. Brilliant. With a national rollout two years later in 79. My birth year. It's no wonder Ooh, this there is you go. ensconced in my memory. Burned into your skull. It grew up with me. <laughs> I told you this gets contentious, right? Because we've okay, got yeah. Burger Chef. We've got the restaurateur in Guatemala. We've got Bob Bernstein. Now enters the picture Dick Brams. Unfortunately, this got really uncomfortable when this happened because when Dick Brams passed away at the young, ripe age of 45 in 1988, mm. during his eulogy, somebody called him the father of the Happy Meal. Okay. And Bob Bernstein, I picture like did like a spit take yeah. in the back. He's yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Because Bob very passionately claims, no, he is not. This Dick Brams guy. So Dick is also an ad guy. He's the head of regional marketing at the time for McDonald's in the St. Louis region. And it sounds like Dick sort of like contributed a few ideas after this got off the road. As you pointed out, Dick apparently came up with the cool arches on top of the box to make the handle. What I found was it might have been him who came up to put the toy inside. Okay. But it's sort of like a he said, he said kind of thing here right now. Yeah. And it's one of those things where unfortunately they could have just shared 
Right. So often people get into these, these debates when there's creative endeavors, who originated the idea and who refined or built upon it. And then it just becomes this, in some ways, infantile match of like, I did it first. No, I did it first. You, you both contributed, right? It exists because a lot of people worked on it first and foremost. It's not just these two dudes. I can guarantee you that. Yeah. But yeah, this is the problem is sometimes it just becomes these little um, ego matches. If all of this is true in terms of their contributions, they both had big pieces of its success. Exactly. It's not pretty. Come on. You know, like we don't need to divide the household. Like everybody just share. We don't need I'm going to propose a My Two Dads situation. Do you remember that sitcom? <laughs> Maybe this is a My Two Dads. They're both <laughs> the two fathers raising this happy meal together and <laughs> antics ensue. Raising the happy meal together. It's awesome. <laughs> So, like I said, 1979, this is when the National Rollout happens, and the initial box that comes out is a circus theme, and comes with the meal that we talked about, and the toys okay. in this first National Rollout all have the McDonald's Golden Arches emblazoned on them, and it includes the McDoodler stencils, the okay. McWrist wallets. <laughs> oh my god. Little small bracelets, little puzzles, erasers, little spin tops, you know, little, little chitsy, you know, kind of cute things. So, do you remember the top of this Burger Chef? This burger chain that McDonald's was scared of in the 60s. Yeah, way back in the day, yeah. And sounds like the first burger chain in America for fast food who put toys in their meals. Mm. So in 1978, they partnered with this little indie film called Star Wars, if that uh, rings a bell. I might have heard of that. Maybe. I don't really know. It's deep in the recesses of the memory. Yeah, yeah you, maybe. Can go, you can go yeah. try and dig it up. Um, but you can see, like, Burger Chef did commercials that had C-3PO and R2-D2 talking about their menu and their food. And the kids' meals came with little Star Wars toys. Weren't they eating it in this, the Star Wars Christmas special? Were they just, like, chomping <laughs> on Burger Chef? That's why Chewie is late, because he's uh, he's picking up Burger Chef for everybody. For, <laughs> exactly. for life day. Yeah. Got it. Have you watched that whole thing, top to bottom? I've never even watched it. I will say... I've, I've heard it so bad. I can't watch terrible things often. Like, it's just... Some people enjoy it. It just sounds terrible. It's like, what's that other, The Room, that like terrible movie? Oh, God, that's I just, so I can't watch like terrible things. I just, I find my time too precious. It's manageable if you watch it with riff tracks. If you're hearing Fair. professionals rip it apart, then it's kind of fun. That's probably the only way to do it. Oof. Yeah, I agree. So McDonald's is like, yo, that's a great idea. You know, partnering with some movie about stars. Mm. We should get in on that. And so the following year after Burger Chef did Star Wars, McDonald's in 1979 in December, so we're coming right up on the 80s, yeah. did Star Trek, the motion picture. And so their Happy Meal toys had all sorts of different toys. There was like a tricorder, there mm. were stamps, there was even a board game in one of the Happy Meals. Interesting. There's even a great commercial with a Klingon, like speaking in Klingon, trying to tell you to come to McDonald's to get their Happy Meals. And they're like <laughs> interpreting what the Klingon is saying. Oh, man. So, of course, these two companies, very similar, doing the same kind of thing. We go to litigation. Of course. And Burger Chef sues McDonald's to say, this is our idea. The kids meal, whatever you're calling it, your, your joyous meal, your, your, your elated meal. What are you calling it? Nobody even knows McDonald's. What's crazy is they don't win. Burger mm -hmm. Chef loses the lawsuit and settles out of court. Mm -hmm. And they try even again. So I guess Burger King sees McDonald's and Burger King starts its series called a fun school meal. And Burger Chef loses there too. Very litigious. Exactly. And so Burger Chef spends all this money on these lawsuits and it's not working. And it starts, of course, the Happy Meal takes off. And unfortunately, like it starts to do really poorly 
And so the chain closes in 1981, just a couple years later, and is sold to Hardee's, and Hardee's closes all the burger chefs and just mm. reopens them as Hardee's. And they, Hardee's, yeah. they lose the race to McDonald's, who is the reigning champ of the origin of toys in fast food meals. Often it's not who's first, it's who's most successful, right? Like that's who <laughs> yeah. we remember. Like that that happens so many times where we think, oh, this company originated that. No, not really. Someone else no. originated it, but they are the ones who were successful or perfected the idea or made it viable in the market, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, so like you said earlier, you know, like, uh, you know, pour a Coca-Cola out for your homies. <laughs> One goes out to the sky for Burger Chef, who I think should really get the uh, the accolades here. We asked the class of 80s high if they could discern. Uh, do you want to talk about the survey results here? What What the class thought? Who may have invented it? Yeah. So, you know, Ben did all of his deep research on the history and we were like, hey, we wonder if like class of 80s high, they like our quizzes. They like taking tests. You know, we're, our listeners are the kids, no, they're, the they're, nerdy they're kids good who love school and taking quizzes and all that kind of stuff. So let's see if they passed. So Ben asked, hey, who invented the concept of toys or prizes with these meals? And so he threw out the people that we talked about. Engineer entrepreneur at Burger Chef, the Guatemalan McDonald's owner, Yolanda Fernandez de Cofino, Madman, Bob Bernstein, or Kellogg's Cereal. And 67% of our respondents, two-thirds said Burger Chef. Burger Chef. And the other third said McDonald's. So our class of 80s high, they were listening they were in on the knowledge they either knew it was burger chef or figured it was mcdonald's which again history is written by the victors as we all know (laughs) so technically that's probably also right uh (laughs) yeah exactly so good try everybody i like it's it's a hard question so i'm gonna say everyone's correct everyone's correct you're all kind of right in this right exactly that's true (laughs) and so this history lesson ends with the the phrase happy meal being trademarked on june 10th 1980 which is kind of fun. I picked toys and fast food because I knew it was big in the 80s. But yeah. I didn't realize that it really kicked off, boom, right at the start of the decade. Like there's all this buildup to it kind of coming and formulating. And the 1980s when it like strikes like a freaking cobra in the nation. Well, remember what also happened in 1980. Is that when Reagan got elected? Marketing deregulation. Oh, that also happened in 1980. We talked about it way, way back in our Sweet Treats episode back in season one, the deregulation that allowed these companies to market to children. So it may not be so much of a coincidence that right around this time, they're going to trademark and roll out in earnest nationwide, coast to coast, and probably soon around the world. <laughs> Look how it lines up. God, that's kind of interesting. That's fun. Yeah. Well, that is all I have for history class. Before we kick this bus into gear and drive on down the road to chemistry, uh, what should we call it? Chemistry King? Chemistry King? Chemistry King. Uh, chemistries? Uh, uh, food chemistry? Chemis- food chemistry? Good. Any other things from history? That uh, that Any crumbs? Did a fry fall down between the seats we need to fish out to, to dig up here? Uh, no, I think we are good to head to food science, I'm going to now call it. I've slightly tweaked it. Good We're going to go to food science class and find out what everybody's experience was with all of these different toys, the memories, the nostalgia, everything <sighs> that, that fed their little souls. Let's rock and roll. Kick it into gear, Chuck. 
So here in chemistry, this is where we break down kind of what happened in the 80s with this stuff in our own memories. Chris, do you want to start, man? Like, what do you remember of, of fast food toys? My earliest memory was McDonald's getting Hot Wheels. Oh, yeah. We lived in Huber Heights, Ohio, and I can still picture the route we took to the McDonald's. I remember going there. I remember being very excited, opening that box and getting those Hot Wheel toys. My brother and I loved that so much. I also have a pretty early memory of having a birthday party at a McDonald's. What? Oh, you got to you got to be one of those kids. But here's the problem. Our car broke down on the way there. <gasps> and I think our like ice cream melted and like there was all of this fiasco. Oh my God. So I just remember being like pouting and being so sad, but we oh. ended up getting to the McDonald's cuz like they had a whole party and we took a tour. We got to like go into the walk-in freezer and like it was a big deal, and they let so you I remember. In the back? This is like yeah. a legit birthday party. This is cool. it's wild. Yeah, it's wild. So I remember all of that. But what about you? Wow, my last memory. You know, I started my growing up in Guilford, Connecticut, and our neighbor across the street had three kids who were all much older than I was, but mm. they had an in-ground pool, and in the summer I could go over and play in the pool. We, my family, would go, and a bunch of families from the neighborhood would all go there in the summer for pool parties. I remember they had a big like Rubbermaid bin with a bunch of pool toys, but a ton of fast food toys. Mm. I'm trying to be very careful about saying fast food. I don't want to just say Happy Meal toys, because we've got to be clear, you know, Wendy's, Burger King, Taco Bell, everyone's in on the game here. So it's fast food toys. It is, but McDonald's had, they cornered this market. You can count on one hand, maybe even one finger, the toys that you remember from Burger King, Wendy's. It's true. Hardee's, any of these other chains, like McDonald's went hard on it and they cornered that market That's and were true. so successful. That's fair. It's, it kind of became like Titans. Kleenex or dumpster. It's yeah. the word we associate with the thing. Was the dumpster brand thing? is the thing. Yeah, dumpster is actually a brand. Huh, I never knew Isn't that. that. Wild. Yeah, learning stuff every day. It's kooky. I think yeah, Kleenex, right? Kleenex is kind of getting there. That's an obvious Kleenex, one. Kleenex, Q-tip, you know, all yeah, of those Q-tip, things. Were right? Like, yeah. Well, like it was just the bin would be so fun, but like what was great is all the kids would just contribute to it. Any kids in the neighborhood, like you would leave toys there. You just, I mean, you're a little kid, so you forget your toys. You lose it in the field, and then like the parents. I was gonna say, find is this like the penny jar? Like take a penny, leave a penny. Is yeah, that what it is? Exactly. Take a toy, leave a toy. It's exactly. like a geocache, right? Geocaches are sometimes geocache. like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So, like, I just have so many summer memories of, like, you know, throwing these things off the diving board or any that you can make sink. They're plastic, so most float. But if they sink, you know, diving down to get them off the bottom of the pool is a big deal. You know, because they're small, they're always the toys you would find at the bottom of your toy bin. Like, if you had a toy chest or a toy bin, it's like what you would dig down to find. And for some reason, Connecticut, the burger chain Roy Rogers. Have you ever Hmm. eaten at a Roy Rogers? I didn't know it was a restaurant chain. I would say it's probably in the Arby's Hardee's network, but like its okay. side was sort of like the back of a Conestoga wagon. Okay. And so Roy Rogers got it on this, and that's where I got my snorks. The the Smurf ripoffs. Oh, yeah. The underwater Smurfs with tubes on their heads. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. they did snorks, which were great for pool play. And also, the, the one other thing that was big on memories was just this whole genius marketing approach that it was a collection right you know collect all 10 or collect all nine or however many there were and for a limited time yeah really good phrase there was always that ticking clock of limited time offer get it while it's available kind of a thing and i think that drove which i know we're gonna we talked about in our sweet treats where i know we're gonna talk about in this one 
pester power. Oh, beautiful that segue. That was a catalyst for our pester power. How good was your pester power for going to fast food? My parents were a middle ground. Yeah. It wasn't always like you got it when you asked for it. Yeah. When my brother and I would go to my grandparents' house, my grandma would usually be a little more indulgent. Uh, as most yeah. grandparents are. That's, that's, they a, are. that's a it's their standard grandparent thing. It's their job. You, you spoil the grandchildren, right? But I would say it was like hit or miss. The pester power wasn't successful in the sense that I couldn't turn a no into a yes, if that makes sense. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. How about you? How was little Benjamin? I mean, I was, I was a very pester on a lot of things. Uh, but not so fast food that that's I can a very, remember. That's a surprising thing to learn about, right? young Ben. Shocking. <laughs> totally shocking. We were a family, I remember, who would dine in at Wendy's. We would go oh, and like get a yeah. tray and eat in like that curved glass atrium that would be on the side of a, of oh, a Wendy's. Oh, absolutely. They so I had a lot of Wendy's toys. What was with the glass atrium? That's right? so glass atrium, true. Yellow boxes, yellow cups. Yes. But, you know, our classmates are strong, too, in the ways of the pester. Mm. And we asked them the same question, you know, in this corner of the world, how strong was your pester power? And I'm proud of our classmates. Yeah. Two, <laughs> two thirds, the force was strong with this one. They mm. were good. They could get it. They could make it happen. Is that a reference to that Space Wars you were telling about? Yeah, the Space earlier? Wars. The, the Space Wars the, movies? Uh, yeah. The Space Wars with Captain Dumbledore. It was great. It was a great series. The other third was like you and I, hit or miss. You know, sometimes, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Uh, it probably had to depend on, like, from our parents' point of view, how, how busy things were going on. Were you in a rush? Were you trying to get somewhere? How busy? What money was looking like that day yeah. or that week or whatever? Yeah, there's a lot of factors. Or, like, you know, listen, as a kid, you don't understand. But as an adult, you're like, sometimes you just don't want to go do a thing. Yeah, right. I get it. I get I it. I get it. No, no, yeah. You're just not in the mood. For, you know, you mentioned something at the top of the show. So just in the off chance that you are a more contemporary parent and you're having an inability to find fast food toys or uh, you're a younger child who never got interested in fast food. You mentioned something earlier about no duplicates, no duplicates. Mm. What, yeah. do you, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Yeah. So when you would go and get your toys. So I'm going to talk about ones that I loved probably the most. Oh, good. Okay. And this will be the intro into this, which is the knockoff transformers. Ah, the Mick robots. The, the Mick robots. So, of course, everything is Mick. How did I not know it was Mick robots? Right? So many. I thought it'd be like the Transmorphers. Wasn't that a, a knockbuster we talked <laughs> it about? It was the a knockbuster, the Transmorphers. So cheap. Oh, my gosh. So they had these little Mick robots, little Transformer things, and they would look like a, a burger or a fries or a shake, and they would transform into a little robot. Yeah. I loved those. But here's the thing. When you go, you don't get to choose. They don't ask you what you want. You just get a toy. It's luck of the draw. It is a lottery, which I think is by design. Oh, yeah. It's genius. Definitely by design because you go, oh, I got another burger. Maybe you trade with a friend because they right? got another one. But more often than not, what are you going to want to do? Mom, dad, grandma, we got to go back. I got to get the shake. I need to complete the little McRobot meal. Absolutely. It's sort of like uh, the Monopoly game that McDonald's does, where it's like, oh, yeah, exactly. sorry, you didn't complete your boardwalk. I guess you just have to come back and buy again. So sneaky. Absolutely. You didn't win $16 million. Sorry. Sorry. You Oops. just want a free small fry with your next purchase. Like, darn you. What were the cheap? Uh, Baltimore. Is that the cheap one? Baltimore. <laughs> Baltic. What was it? Baltic Avenue. Whatever it was. I think so. 
Yeah, yeah, something like that. I think that. it's both. Anyway. Well, I love that you started with those because I think, you know, at least what I see like in nostalgia media online, I think that is potentially, in addition to the Hot Wheels, the most iconic fast food toy line that ever came out were the McRobots. In 1987, from McDonald's, you had the Big Macs, fries, McNuggets, milkshakes, egg McMuffins, and quarter pounders that turned into like robots and animals. Well, and that was one of the few ones that were very specific to the McDonald's brand, right? It took a familiar concept, GoBots, Transformers, but made their own version of it because, as I mentioned earlier in chemistry, sorry, food science. Food science, uh, thank you, was, thank you. <laughs> you know, Hot Wheels, these were brand name Hot Wheels. They weren't generic ripoff, like warm tires. I don't know, what would you call <laughs> Warm tires. <laughs> so... <laughs> For some reason, this just sounds gross. Warm <laughs> tires. They were literally Hot Wheels, which is super cool. Like a brand name toy. You didn't get that a lot. And we've talked about some of them were linked to a franchise. Back in our Fraggles episode or Fraggle Rock episode, we oh, talked about the Fraggles yeah. toys. So that was obviously linked to the television show. But this was one of the few that were like branded for McDonald's. But I think you're right. It's probably one of the more successful ones. I think second only to one other thing. The Chicken Nugget Buddies? Oh, those were huge. McNugget Buddies? The McNugget Buddies in 1988 from McDonald's. I remember playing with those. I can't remember if they were mine or my friends. Because remember, you get all your toys, you kind of throw them together when you visit with your friends, and then they go back to their owners. But I remember playing with some of those Chicken Nugget Buddies. Absolutely. I can't remember the outfits, but they're... Roughly, well, they're larger than an actual chicken nugget, slightly. And they were like little rock stars or like a little cowboy outfit. Yeah. It was all all because the chicken nugget concept was still relatively new in fast food. And they're like, oh, well, let's make it popular with little toy chicken nuggets. Which I know, listener, if you didn't have these, that sounds so stupid. And like, why do you want to play with rubber chicken nuggets? These were awesome. They were really cool. They were really cool. Can't tell you why. They just were. So one of the things we love here on 80s High is this little narrow channel of nostalgia that we've carved out of reminding you of the things you forgot that you love. Mm. That's what we do here. We're not hitting the high note of what you think about every day. And we're not going to the obscure that you're like, I've never heard of that. I'm going to turn off. It's the thing you forgot you love. So I'm going to try and do this rundown. And we're going to go through the different fast food toys of the 80s. Yeah, we're like the knockbusters of 80s nostalgia (laughs) podcasts. Exactly, exactly. And a lot of these you're going to have forgotten that maybe you collected, maybe you had, maybe you saw. Yeah. Unfortunately, when I was trying to plan for this, it made me think of the South Park episode with the member berries. And there's just the little berries that are like, hey, remember this thing from that year? And they're like, oh, I remember that. It was this comforting nostalgia thing. Oh, it's I don't gonna remember feel that like episode. That. It's going to feel like that a little bit, but I think they're okay. going to be cool. All right. So we, we talked about the Star Trek and Star Wars partnerships. What I love after that, McDonald's biffs it right out of the gate. So in, mm. in, in 1982, they partnered with Playmobil, huge toy line. Yeah. And immediately have to recall the toys. Oh, dear. <laughs> because the parts are so small that kids under three can choke on them. Oh, goodness. And you're like, wow, Ben, those lawsuits must have been huge. The compensation must have been immense for almost killing 10 million children across America. No, this is the age of where corporations rule and families drool. If customers were upset, they could come back into McDonald's and they could either get a box of cookies, an ice cream cone, or a refund for the Happy Meal. That's it. That's all you get. Wow. That's all you get. I'll just say this much. McDonald's had a much better legal team than Burger Chef. That's for darn sure. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Paid well. Uh, uh, happy indeed. Meals for Life is what they get. 
Um, That's right. But as you said, the year after, they super recover. So Hot Wheels and Barbie at the same time. Massive mm. partnership with Mattel. If I remember correctly, I think you could choose... Again, this is very binary. It's the 80s. A boy yeah. or girl's toy, if exactly. I remember correctly. That's like when this was a thing. So you couldn't say, I want the pickup truck Hot Wheels. No. You would just say, Barbie or Hot Wheels? I'm with the Hot Wheels. I'm with yeah. the Barbie. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which gave you a little empowerment as a kid, which is kind of cool. True. Here's my curveball for you tonight. I have gone through all my nostalgia boxes in the whole house. Okay. I don't have a single fast food toy from the 80s. Really? But my wife does. She oh. had almost completed the entire Barbie collection. This is rare that she has stuff never and happens. you don't. Never this happens. This is impressive. Wait, these are the Barbie toys? So these are 1983 McDonald's Barbies from You're going to take Meals. a picture of these and put them on our Twitter yeah. and Instagram, We've right? We've got a beautiful little yellow dress here. Absolutely. Okay. A, a sort of pearl dress with a, a rose clutch. Is that like actual, like, I mean, it's not real hair, but like, is that actual Barbie hair? It's or very is it plastic? soft. You could comb this. You could, you could, you okay, could. Okay, so it's not plastic hair made to look like hair. Absolutely. Right. Wow. Exactly. You've got okay. you've got ice skating Barbie, and I'll show you one more because this is the most '80s one I found. It's like neon cycling Barbie. She's That's on her amazing. like neon pink bicycle. Oh my rocking gosh! Out. Amazing. So those are in the house. Those are great. I'm glad that we've got some of these from this time period. That's awesome. Nice pull. Nice pull. 1984 McDonald's goes all out. They have Cadillac Cats, Heathcliff. And Ghostbusters, which I was really excited when I saw the listing. And then I looked at the toys and I was like, I never got these. And these actually look kind of not awesome. Okay, you said Cadillac Cats and all I could think of was, what was it? Cadillacs and Dinosaurs? Is yes! That the- <laughs> Cadillacs and Dinosaurs, what came right after Dino Riders. <laughs> after the That's Dino exactly Riders. what I thought. I'd never heard of Cadillac Cats. Uh, I don't know that property. Is that like a Heathcliff knockoff I who was a garfield knockoff. knockoff like that's like a knockoff of a knockoff <laughs> we're, we're, going, like a, we're, we're going to inception on knockoffs that's a here. double knockbuster right there have you ever heard of cadillac cats i don't know this one uh no it doesn't sound familiar cadillac yeah, cats. i just looked at a picture it very much looks like heathcliff like very okay. heathcliffy for sure okay okay so 84 is big 85, another huge property, My Little Pony at McDonald's. Mm. I can picture those little plastic My Little Ponies that came in that one. That was big. Friendship is magic. Um, the, the following year at McDonald's, one of my favorite cartoons, movies of the 80s, An American Tale books. You could get books based on that movie. Did you ever watch American Tale? Like the Fievel ones? The Fievel books. It's Fievel yes, books at McDonald's. That's right. I remember. I love that movie. Was there a sequel, Fievel Goes West? Goes West, which is also Dom DeLuise voicing the cat. Like, it's a great okay. I remember, yeah, I remember that movie. Gosh, I'd forgotten about that. Uh, so Wendy's goes for the knockbusters in 1986 with GoBots, which is mm. sort of Tonka's brand of uh, Transformers. Uh, GoBots. Oh, Wendy's. I'm sorry to say it so dismissively. There's somebody who's listening who's like, I loved GoBots. I'm sorry. I don't mean to like diminish your love of GoBots. But... But come on. Come on. Now, here's one. This was the one of this list that hit me that I had forgotten about. There's two on here, actually. Okay. But this is one that really hit me that I'd forgotten was awesome. But in 1986, around Halloween, McDonald's did Boo Buckets. Did you remember the Boo Buckets? I do. These Halloween pails, there was Mick Boo, Mick Pumpkin, and Mick Goblin, which were like little buckets, like genius marketing, right? Yeah, man, they lean really hard into the Mick everything. My like, goodness. really all about oh, the Mick. Like, just ease up on it a little bit. Did they glow in the dark? Ooh, did I make the, that up? Maybe the ghosts did, because one was, like, green. The goblin's green. There was, like, one yeah. that was, like, purple, I think was the witch. You said a pumpkin, right? Like, the oh, orange Oh, the pumpkin, yeah. That's, like, a traditional orange kind of one. I felt like the ghost maybe glowed in the dark. That would make sense. 
But like, how smart is that? That you like, you're gonna have thousands of kids walking around carrying your McDonald's pail on Halloween. On Halloween, and everyone's gonna see it to collect your candy. Tony, man, their marketing team and their legal team. Yeah, geniuses. <laughs> they earned their McMansions. I'll just say oh, that they, they earned, earned their McMansions a hundred percent. 1987. Now we've got some more contenders in the game. So McDonald's has its Muppet Babies on little cars. That was a popular one. Mm. Burger King gets in the game with Alvin and the Chipmunks toys. Hollering back to one of our episodes from season two, Wendy's does Teddy Ruxpin. You talked about these in the episode. Wait, we did? I don't remember talking about... So they were like... What did you get? I forget what the material's called, but they're like kind of fuzzy. It's like a really, really tight cut fuzzy. It's almost like a felt kind of Yeah, kind of like felt. Right, exactly. Then there was just sort of a quick summary for McDonald's for the end of the 80s. They just went nuts. They were like, you know what? Who's the other biggest child addictive cranking company in the world oh sorry hard pause really quick i forgot this you mentioned teddy ruxpin oh yeah i wanted to bring this up in the alf episode there was a talking alf doll (gasps) a la teddy ruxpin really with fusco's voice and he was telling (gasps) stories did you put like a tape in it or did you pull a drawstring or how'd it work i think it was like a tape situation and the lunch break i almost used it as a commercial but I chose another one. But yeah, like I totally forgot to mention that, but there was like a talking owl. crap. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. I didn't know that. End of the 80s, right. McDonald's is like, what is the other empire that's brilliant at making child addicts? Disney. Let's get in bed with Disney. So McDonald's teams up with Disney and like just does a series of promos with all their movies. So like The Brave Little Toaster, The Little Mermaid, Cinderella, The Sword in the Stone, 101 Dalmatians. I remember the 101 Dalmatians toys. Rescuers Down Under, which is an awesome animated movie. So many more. But like that was just huge. What a symbiotic relationship. I mean, two companies that are honed right into children and their wants, needs and desires. Genius. My goodness. Coming down the home stretch, 1988, Wendy's does the Potato Heads Spuds Kids. So they're like, they were like tiny little Mr. Potato Heads. Is that like their McNugget Buddies ripoff? Because they kind of look like it little really is. tiny oh, potato heads. Oh, I think you're right. Actually, that's the connection. Wendy's just can't get its footing here. Like we talked on our last episode, 1988, Burger King does the Alf Hand Puppets. Yeah, that's right. I'm still going to tear apart this house until I find mine. It's got to be somewhere. It's buried in a box, man. It's got to be. Uh, okay, 1989 is huge. Wendy's goes all over the place with All Dogs Go to Heaven, another great animated movie. Jetsons, like there were little Jetsons vehicles. Little yeah. Blah, 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 blah. And Mighty Mouse, I don't know how to describe this, but do you remember like Popper Toys? We'd stick to the, a table and then you'd wait a second and they'd, like, they'd like shoot up in the air. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Burger King does Beetlejuice in 1989, based on the cartoon, not the movie, but a great cartoon series. Right. And then this was the other one for me that really hit home. I said the Boo Buckets I had forgotten about. Mm. And then in 89, Burger King also does these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, buckles and, like, potato chip clips. Bags of okay. clips. Huh. But I saw the pictures of these, and I was like, oh, my God, I forgot that I had these, and I loved them. <laughs> like, I used those clips. Yeah. Those were huge for me. Burger King does some Star Wars commemorative glasses, and then McDonald's goes all over the place. They do, at the very end of the decade, they do Dungeons & Dragons with books and games. They do a lot of video game-themed toys like Pac-Man, Donkey Kong Jr., Super Mario Brothers, E.T. candy dispensers with Royce's Poices. My favorite Ricky's Pickies. Ricky's Pickies. Even He-Man and the Masters of the Universe action figures? I didn't know that. That's a pretty big one. Wow. Nintendo game tips and trading cards, Kool-Aid, of course, World Wrestling Foundation, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, which I was kind of surprised at, but oh well, it'd be kind of fun. Okay. But kind of all over the place. I just 
tickled all of your little nostalgia memories of toys in the mm-hmm. 80s. Any other comments, thoughts on any of those toy lines? So I don't think I have anything extra, but I think our class of 80s high has some memories about their iconic children's meals toys, right? Right. Absolutely. And a lot of this is stuff that uh, we've been talking about. The Hot Wheels, Barbie, the Boo Buckets. That was the biggest one. Uh, The McRobots, the McNugget Buddies, Care Bears. Oh, yeah. This person says, also the lasting memory association of the smell of vinyl. Oh, Like just that smell of the toy like that. Yeah, there's just something about that. It's like you can hold it to your nose and just... I don't know. It's so interesting how smell will take you back to a thing. huge. So brilliantly, so easily. It's just like a fast track to a memory you've forgotten. I was big into Care Bears as a kid. Care Bear power. I had some of the action figures. I even had some of the plush dolls. I was really big into Care Bears. In our house, we have Lucky. We have the green one with the little Lucky Charm. And love a lot. Love a lot is in our house. Two two hearts on the tummy. That's right. That's right. Love a lot. They're having a good time. Yeah. Well, we, we asked our class 80s high, you know, what do you remember about these? How do you feel about them? What do you remember? Yeah. What are your memories? So uh, classmate Melissa slipped me a note and she said, going to McDonald's was such a fun treat. I also had a few older cousins who worked there. So I had an inn at McDonald's. Ooh. Oh, that's awesome. That's nice. huge. Uh, she loved the transforming food. Uh, so those would be the McRobots that, that you were right. talking about. Iconic. She loved the Looney Tunes in Cars. Which I'm wondering at this time, she said Looney Tunes Cubs. I wonder if she's thinking Tiny Tunes, like Tiny Tune Adventures around this time. I don't remember. I can't remember. Could be. I mean, some of these things were pulls from a, like Mighty Mouse is an old pull. Really old. That's like a World War II propaganda kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Alvin and the Chipmunks, like, so it's not oh, out see, of the realm of possibility. This is what happens when you make assumptions without continuing to read. So she goes out and says, and the Barbies, but I think some of those might have been the 90s. Uh, okay. okay, so All some right. of these, but the Barbies we know are the '80s. We know the '80s for sure. The Happy Meal boxes also offered lots of entertainment, is what she said. Absolutely. Which they did, and they worked hard. I mean, national you know artists from all over the country figured out what those eight different panels could be throughout the series. That's so awesome for sure. Yeah, Jelly Bean Jim says cherished memories for sure. I used to look forward to these toys so much. I remember the elation when I received the toy I wanted slash needed. We all know it was needed, everybody. Like, want, this, these aren't wants yeah, anymore. These, these are wants. absolute needs. And the crushing blow of getting the same toy two or three times. <gasps> Jim, repeats. we no hear repeats. you loud and clear. Uh, Just talked about that. That was the worst. That was really disappointing. Unless it was like a toy you thought, like, if that was your favorite in the line, you're like, oh, I got two of the Dino Pterodactyl McNugget robot True. things or whatever. Or, but to your point, like, if... When you were talking sweet treats about trading candy with other kids, like, I don't like this candy, but someone else does, or I'm allergic, but this person, like, this could be another thing where if you got a duplicate and you knew a friend didn't have it, you're like, okay, maybe I can trade them for something. But you can play it sneakily. Like, they don't know that you have six of the guitar playing McNugget buddies at home. You're like, this is my only one. I guess I need, I guess I need four of yours that are different to make up for it. That's like the little silver lining. Yeah. Nick Free the Hamburglar says... As a young man, when I found out that McDonald's was the world's number one toy distributor, it literally made me sad background music play whenever I walked into a room <laughs> for the next week of my life. That's amazing. That's pretty wild. I didn't know that. Look at look mm. at our classmates teaching us. 
now you're the teacher class of 80s high that is wild i mean i guess it makes sense but it's not expected uh but honestly my mom had some health problems and my dad worked a lot to keep us going until she passed away which meant we ate a lot of fast food and pizza so happy meal toys Mm. have a special place in my heart just a slightly different place in my heart where all those chicken nuggets are still lodged (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the dual-edged sword right like we love these things so much not healthy for you and as like the food and then as we learn sometimes the toys could literally make you choke well and i love this you know to nick's point that's that's what we tackled in our very first episode of 80s high was nostalgia that oftentimes these yeah. properties lodge in our memories and our hearts during a time of transition and in difficulty because it's sort of mm-hmm. like an island in the storm of familiarity that you can hold on to and then it becomes a very warm thing uh, and so for him it was sort of these these fast food toys during the time you know i was just playing the guardians of the galaxy game mm. uh, which is a great video game but again you know peter quill's walkman is so important because his mother gives him the mixtapes and that's what keeps him connected to his mother that passes away in the comics right Uh, and that's his anchor so critical yeah absolutely thank you for sharing that memory nick that was you know I, i think very foundational for a lot of people like having that touchstone of joy when things are not looking so great you know, it's, it's nice that something as simple as this could provide that for, for a little kid. That's a big deal. Absolutely. You know, what's awkward about this food chemistry class is that I already have my toys. We've delved into the toys, but we haven't actually gotten the food yet. At some point after you get your toy, you should <laughs> eat lunch, I think. You're supposed to eat. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the whole point. So let's drive on down the road and let's get our tiny burger and mm-hmm. our tiny fries and our mm-hmm. tiny milkshake. And uh, let's learn where these fast food toys went after the 80s in contemporary culture. Let's do it. I so want a hot fudge sundae right now. Okay. (sighs) Dessert for lunch. Dessert for lunch. Dessert for lunch. with any food purchase in McDonald's. Collect a different Hot Wheels car each day, 14 and all, at participating McDonald's. I think tomorrow I'll buy the Jeep. Don't buy the Jeep! Mattel Hot Wheels, just 69 cents at McDonald's. Yum, 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 a kid's meal sure is fun. Wendy's kid's meals are on their way to Wendy's just for you. And inside, there's a great tasting hamburger, crispy fries, and a frostier drink. And just guess what else? Look, a pirate potato head. <laughs> now there's a new gang of potato head kits. There's one inside each Wendy's kids meal. Six kids from play school with changeable hats and shoes. Potato head kits at Wendy's. You can collect all six. Oh, the fat, the salt, the mm. grease. It's sinking in. I'm not going to be able to stay awake this afternoon in school. <laughs> Listeners, learn from my bad choices. Six oh. Sundays I ate... <laughs> It's too many. It's six is too many. Don't do it. I asked the bus driver to go around six times because I wasn't getting the toy I was wanting. I have eaten so many fries and I still don't have the McRobot I wanted. Where's the pterodactyl? That's all I want. Where's the pterodactyl? Give Ben his dinosaurs, you monsters. We are here in contemporary culture to find out what happened to fast food toys after the 80s. And in my research here, I've sort of split this into two different ways. There's sort of the sort of laser focus, more let's talk specifically about the toys. And then there's sort of like the macro. What's the environment around the concept mm. of toys in fast food? 
Let's start Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, since that was one okay. of the Fast Food toys. Zoomed right. in, down in the grass. Let's see what's crawling around. Chris, what's a great way to get people really excited about trying to get everything in your toy collection? Uh, I think you do the limited time offer. Oh, that is really good. That is really good. I think that's a big one. I think you... Oh, gosh. All I can think of is Disney. They're like, this movie's going in the vault. Never the come vault. back. But I feel like that's not what you're looking for. What are you, what are you getting at? You start a national collector's club. Well, that'll do it, too. So 1990, Linda Gagorski starts the McDonald's Collector's Club. Is she with McDonald's or is she just an enthusiast? So as much as I could dig in, it sounded like she was an enthusiast. But like, okay. it also sounds like she could be a plant. Like, it's, I was going to say, is she a shill for Big exactly. McD? <laughs> She's just a shill for Big Mickey D trying to push their corporate agenda. In every episode of one of my favorite podcasts, they're always trying to say, like, that's the t-shirt. Like, they design a t-shirt based on yeah. every podcast episode. That that's would, great. A shill for Big Mickey D would be the, the t-shirt for this one. So she starts it, which is great. McDonald's is super excited about that because now people are competing. They're showing off their collections. And it's sort of like yeah. pin trading at, like, the Olympics or things like that. Now people are trading their hard-to-get toys. There's not a lot that's really worth noting in the decade. Like, I didn't want to call out again every fast food toy line because, again, this is 80s high, not 90s high. Right. But if you want to catch up on what happened between the 80s and the end of the 90s, there is a book on Amazon called The Encyclopedia of Fast Food Toys from Arby's to IHOP. IHOP. Wow. Had toys. I didn't know that. Hmm. This is fun. Let's jump a decade again. In 2019... To celebrate the Happy Meal's 40th anniversary, McDonald's brought back some of the retro Happy Meal toys. So some of their most popular <gasps> ones. Did you see the list of like some of the ones they brought back? Yeah, it looks like Furbies. Mm. Nugget Buddies made a comeback. Mm. Power Rangers, very 90s. My yeah. Little Pony, of course. And some of their classic Disney toys. Yeah, the Disney ones were a big hit, right? I mean, that was a massive partnership. Genius. I'm kind of surprised they didn't bring back Barbie or Hot Wheels. But I guess yeah. maybe... Those companies didn't want to... Oh, those Mattel, right? Are those yeah, Mattel, Mattel. Mattel. Maybe Mattel's like, yeah, we're good, bro. We're okay. We don't need it. We've made, we've made it on our own now. We don't need you That's anymore. right. I'm kind of surprised they didn't bring back the little um, McRobots. Right? Like, again, I think those might be, you know, one of the most iconic ones. I was shocked, too. Maybe there's something there. I wonder if it's just too expensive. The rest of these look like they're just single... It's just a mold. Like a single mold, but like... Those, these move, those are a little screws, more intricate. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can see it. A couple years ago, McDonald's did get involved with the pandemic. They invented thank you meals. This is really cool. Which which looked like a happy meal, but they were free if you were a first responder. So it's in the traditional box. Mm. Instead of a toy, there's this like very sincere thank you note inside of it. And then, you know, we talked about uh, how there was artwork always on the Happy Meal boxes. On the outside of the thank you meals were pictures of first responders when they were children, like eating at McDonald's. I mean, this is really cool. It's hard not to look at these things and think of like, what's the corporate angle and get a little jaded. But, you know, when the day is done, this isn't something McDonald's had to do. So when I read that, it it did pull at my heartstrings a little bit. I was like, that's sweet because... We know there are a lot of people putting their their health and welfare on the line to do their work, and that was hard. And so it, it's nice of them to to come out and show some solidarity. Yeah, 100%. I'm just like you. I see the, I, the jaded in me is like, come on, don't take advantage of this. Right. I'm also like, meh, these people need more recognition and support, and that's good. Now let's pay everyone a living wage. Okay, moving on. <laughs> Facts, though. Spitting straight facts. I'm sorry. If there's any hazard pay to be had, it's working with 
hungry, obnoxious people who 100%. want their food yesterday. Like oh that my is God. the worst. Oh, if you're wanting to know what the latest trends are in fast food toys, and you do surf the interwebs, I think as the kids say today, that's what the kids are into. That's what they're saying. No, they say the computer tubes. Oh, the computer tubes. That's right. That's right. Come on, Grandpa, get with it. (laughs) The pneumatic. They say the computer computer tubes tubes are clutch, brah. (laughs) They say stuff like that. We're so hip with the modern kids. There is a subreddit that's just kids meal. And like the whole thread is all about who's got what today if you're looking for stuff. Now, here's my question. Did you see or do you know the McDonald's Happy Meal? I thought at some point it switched to a bag. It was no longer in a box. Is that Yeah, I feel true? like I haven't seen the box in forever. I think they did switch to a bag. And I don't know when that happened. Yeah. I just seem to recall, and not recently, it feels like it was a while ago yeah. that they switched over just to like a, I don't know if it's a decorated bag, but I just feel like it's not a, the same fun, festive, cardboard, cool box that it used to be. That handle was so iconic oh my gosh it's perfect and just to really spit in the eye of the kids they renamed it the kid's sack they're just like here's your sack here's your hot sack take your feed bag you little brat it's called the bratty feed bag bratty feed bag i'm sorry the mick bratty feed bag (laughs) (laughs) there you go you little jerk and they throw it on the ground it's kind of like the gimmick that dairy queen turns their blizzards upside down to hand it to you which you just taught me about that, about turning the shake upside down from Dairy Queen. Like, I hadn't known uh, that. Okay, it's not a Which shake, it's a blizzard, bro. Oh, let's just God, be, here we go. Let's just be super whole, clear about this. Oh, boy. I know you, you oh, hate boy. joyful food. I know you, you're going to have some, like, twigs <laughs> oh, after this. You're just going to eat on some, like, twigs, twigs and Brazil nuts. But you know what? <laughs> okay, sorry. The blizzard, when turned upside down, shocking. If you didn't know it was coming, I'd be like, wait, you're dumping out my ice cream. Oh, I get it. because They all, still like, do thick. it. They still it. do it. It's very impressive. So that was the micro. Let's zoom out to the macro because there is a giant Mick robot in the corner of the room that we've got to address. There's two, actually. There's kind of two. So according to the EPA, for those of you who might be interviewing for a really important position and forgetting really important governmental agency names, that's the Environmental Protection Agency. This is the Walter Pex. Of the world. <laughs> no, the he's, a example, he's a terrible example. Terrible example. Terrible. Don't think I am. But great Ghostbuster shout out. There are 27 million tons of plastic currently in landfills. It's insane. And as we just went through that list of the toys in the 80s, pretty much all of them are 99% plastic. And that's how long they take to break down 27 million 27 years. 27 million years, right. I mean, it, yeah, it feels it's like, insane. you know, even back in the day, like Cracker Jack was a far more sustainable. They had like wooden, <laughs> you could right. recycle the metal, you know, right. but uh, and paper even, but this plastic. Yeah, very unsustainable. Not great. Right. So there's there's one problem is that there are just tens of millions of plastic toys being created in this industry that are... You know, the attention span of a child who wants a plastic toy from a fast food meal is not very long, so this is going to be played with shortly and then thrown away. A lot of plastic waste. They weren't great toys in comparison to, like, real toys. The other side of this not-so-sunshiny, delicious French fry encompassed coin is that, let's be real here, fast food is not good for you. I'm sorry. Stop the podcast. Excuse me, what? A Coke? A fry, a sundae, or a shake, and a burger with cheese on it is not healthy? Did you ever do the thing in school where, like, your teacher had you drop an egg in soda and, like, diet soda for, like, a week? 
and you have to pull no. the egg out. So there was this thing where like our teacher, you would have uh, at the front, there were like four or five glasses and one would be like water, one would be milk, one would be soda, one would be diet soda and you drop an egg and at like the end of the week, you check on the status of the egg to see what those different chemicals have done to the egg. Oh. And the ones in soda, the egg is gone. It has like evaporated the egg. Wow. But like water and milk, it's still kind of preserved. And then the last one, they just break the egg into a skillet and they say, this is your brain on drugs. Any questions? <laughs> they do that one too? Uh, very important. It was all very educational for us. <laughs> right. So this is not good food at a time when kids' lifelong relationship with nutrition and health and food is being formed. And there is, to lack of a better word, there's bait in the bottom of this unhealthy food sack. What'd you call it? Brat sack? Uh, what did I call it? A bratty sack? I don't even remember what I called it. A bratty sack. Um, And so that's problematic. So how has this played out since this big rage kicked off in the 80s? Yeah. So in 2010, in San Francisco, a bunch of legislators came out and they banned fast food restaurants from giving away toys to children if their meals didn't meet certain nutritional standards, you know, certain level of calorie intake, and it would have to have different nutrients and iron and can't have all the stuff like that. And that probably did it, right? Like that nailed it. No problem anymore. Yeah, I feel like that's it. Like that proliferated across the country and the world and it's all over, right? Like you said, McDonald's marketing and lawyers teams are paid well for a reason. Oh dear. So in San Francisco, McDonald's just started charging 10 cents for the toy. Wow. Wow. Sneaky. They made more money and probably moved as many toys as, as they that's did before. That's a thumb your nose kind of middle finger thing. Totally. Where just like, Fine, we won't give it away. But we're going to charge 10 cents. Right? That's like tipping a server. Don't do this, by the way. It's like tipping a server a penny. <sighs> You're making a nasty point. That's you exactly what they did. Monster. Absolutely. But, you know, other people across the country weren't dismayed. New York, Nebraska, and Wisconsin all tried to do the same thing, banning the toys in the food, and all failed. Uh, frankly, again, the law power of McDonald's and these other fast food chains is huge. They have massive lobbying weight in Congress. Yeah. And, and in their own state legislatures, and they couldn't get it through. I was going to say, kids have pester power. They have lobby power. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, lobby power. They know sure. how to lobby. Mm. So it wasn't until 2011, so 11 years ago, that because of this criticism of the food being unhealthy for kids, McDonald's just started to offer alternatives. So they could say, yeah. well, you know, instead of fries, you could get apple slices. Or the French fry portions shrunk down in the Happy Meals a little bit. Okay. And, you know, instead of a soda, you could get a carton of 1% milk. So at least they gave options. So parents, I guess, had some agency there. But if they weren't watching closely, I'm sure I, – I feel like few kids have the health conscious to say, like, excuse me, uh, mama, they're in the front seat. Mama, papa, uh, instead of the, the French fries, could you uh, get to me one of those sacks of apple slices, if you'd be so kind? You're getting really close to Stewie territory. Louise. <laughs> mama, mama, mama. Can I have the apple slices with a dollop of Cool Whip? <laughs> cool Whip. <laughs> cool Whip, Brian. Exactly. Right, that's so I mean, that's, that's really on the parents to try and enforce that, but we'll see. But here we go. This is where the house of cards starts to fall. So that same okay. year, Jack in the Box, which is that a national chain? Like, does everybody know Jack in the Box? Uh, it's somewhat national. I, I would call it semi-national. It's not everywhere, but it's... In different parts of the country. Okay. If someone had been to like, so Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, Taco Bell, those are everywhere. How would you describe what Jack in the Box is? How would I describe? I mean, Jack in the Box is very similar to your other burger places, but then on top of it, they have weird stuff. They offer tacos. 
teriyaki stir fry. Oh, I forgot about stir fry. Super weird. Then they offer a lot more like sides of. I think they have like mozzarella sticks. And they do have ridiculously good curly fries. Like really good curly, curly fries. fries. Yeah. So it's an interesting. It's good. I do like Jack in the Box. By fast food standards, I will stop. They actually have really good milkshakes. And I want to be clear, Jack in the Box just doesn't just shut the door and be like, ah, it's over. They come out and say, we focus on adults and not children. Hmm. Which is kind of cool. Like, if you see in Jack in the Box commercials, it's Jack, the big, like, white ball head that's kind of a weird-looking yeah. clown. And it's yeah. sort of very adult humor about it. Yeah, that's true. Which I think is a good marketing move. Taco Bell comes out two years later, and they say, yeah, we're not going to do toys either. Which I'm I didn't sorry, know Taco, Taco Bell. Bell had toys? Yeah, I okay. know! <laughs> It's like they had toys. All I knew what Taco Bell gave away is 37 packets of hot sauce when you get like a taco. That's true. You know, do you want hot sauce? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'll have mild. There's like 19 packets of hot sauce in there. Yeah, and they give you a stomach ache. But, you know, what do you expect? Like tacos back then cost like 39 cents. I'm not <sighs> joking. It was wild. That was the high time. So that was 2013 when Taco Bell and Jack in the Box say we're out. And then it is crickets for a long time. And it is only four years ago that the major players start to get more into this action which is crazy how recent that is to me i think that's nuts yeah i i would have expected this earlier now we're going to talk about plastic we talked about health now it's the plastic part 2018 mcdonald's has a task force that starts to scale back on the plastic toys they start to try and look for alternatives to plastic that they can put in their happy meals better late than never i mean right right still shocking i mean 2018 that started 1979 Glad you're at least getting to the party at some point. Takes another year, 2019, Burger King vows to start scaling back and to totally eliminate non-biodegradable toys by 2025. Three years. Yeah, I couldn't find an update. Exactly. They're they're getting close. They're running out of time. But I thought this was kind of cool. They had a campaign in Britain where all the Burger Kings, there was like a bin where you could come bring your old Burger King kids meal toys to be recycled. You could like be a part of the movement. Yeah. Pentatonic was the firm in Britain that was in charge of recycling all those. And, and here, okay, they take it even a level further. So they were going to collect all these old Burger King Kids Club toys, melt them down, and turn them into raw materials for playground equipment and reusable trays at the restaurants. Well, that's good. It's still for kids. It's playground equipment. I was going to say, it's, it still has the playful nature. It's just used in a different way. I yeah, like that. exactly. So McDonald's sees what Burger King does and like, ah, the marketing madmen are like, they got us, Jim. That was a good one. So last year, the McDonald's task force is back, and they just, quote, say, we would like to be more sustainable by 2025, and they're only going to use recycled materials in all of their toys. Lame. So still doing the toys, but they're going for recycled. So be more sustainable. Oh, yeah. what, a, what a weak response. <laughs> Come on. It's 2021. Come on, McDonald's. Right. Commit to it. Come on. Be much more clear. Yeah. We need transparency. Come on. So the first recycled toys that came out were actually Funko Pops. Kind of, they kind of looked like the Funko Pops, and it was a Batman and Joker around the time they came out, 2021. What I thought was interesting that I dug up on this was that some of these chains, instead of actually doing physical toys, they offer like a code on the little kid's meal that a kid can scan, like a QR code, and it unlocks something in an app. Like if you mm. have the Burger King app, you can collect all the different somethings on the different meals with the different QR codes. I mean, this makes sense. We're in this world of app games that are very shallow. And I don't know if they have a charge feature to them, but it wouldn't surprise me. Because this is a way to actually get more money out of the kids. This is like the kids who just start clicking buttons and all of a sudden have spent 
$200 on Candy Crush, right? Jimmy, what did you do? What'd you do? I bought all the gumdrop blasters or whatever the... Gumdrop blasters. I played that game for like a hot second. But anyway, you know, I got all the things. So it's not surprising, like not only because culture is going in that direction, but also, once again, if it's a branded app... First of all, they got you locked in. Oh, yeah. You're locked into McDonald's content. And then also, if there's like a little, what do they call that? Freemium? Is that what it's called? Like freemium. a freemium? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You pay a little bit for Ronald McDonald to chase away the boo burglars. I don't know. The Whatever. boo burglars. Here's the thing, though. Like, so it's interesting. It's smart. I like that they're doing that to like, maybe it's why they're doing it, but to reduce plastic waste. I'm on about that. But whenever, like, uh, 2020's High comes on, like, the podcast that talks about our decade years from now, they're going to say, like, how malevolent was this? Like, we know that screen time with children is a huge epidemic and a problem, how much time kids are spending sucked into iPhones, iPads, television, screen time. And this is just, like, another game. I mean, they're meeting the kids where they are, but they're also helping to keep that problem alive. I'm torn. It's, it's, it's uh, you know... Hooray, not more plastic in the ocean in the gyre and Pacific, but also like just pulling them into that screen more. Man. No, I get it. Because there's all these things we were exposed to that we do look back and cringe at. What on earth? What were they doing? What were we doing? Look at all of these consequences. We only learned a little too late. But look, I, I throw a lot of stones on 80s high and a lot of glass houses. It's rude, but it's just my, it's my style. But you know what a stone I can't throw right now is Wendy's. So I was trying to look it up all these fast food restaurants, what they're doing today. Okay. And Wendy's current partnership is Crayola. So if you get a little kid's meal at, at Wendy's, you get some crayons, you get like a little coloring book. I was like, you know what? I'm on with that. Little creative play. That's a good partnership. Are these lead-based crayons? Is that what we're dealing with here? <laughs> I'm sorry, I skipped that. So in 2022, Wendy started making their bags out of asbestos. So it's asbestos mm, bag. Yeah. <laughs> Recycled asbestos, Absolutely. Right? And if you have not had a mercury frosty from Wendy's, you are mm. missing out. Really, really good. I mean, what makes you more youthful than mercury? <laughs> We just made a lot of references to the 80s and 70s of all the chemicals that tried to kill kids back in the day. So many. So many. That was good. Very murderous time to grow up. Very it was. Murderous. Just everything around you. It was really survival of the fittest. A lot of Darwinism uh, during these oh decades. Oh my goodness. Uh, between 1990 and today, anything I missed that you think is important to bring up, talk about, reflect on in the world of fast food toys? No, I think you hit the highlights. I, I like that you found some information about the nutritional impact of this strategy, yeah. as well as the wasteful impact of the strategy with just the detrimental environmental effects mm. and how this is not a sustainable practice in so many ways. Even if we have fond memories of it, even if we cherish some of those toys or on our mantle or display case to this day. I think that's just an important point is like, we can talk about the fun, but we can't ignore the fact that there could be some repercussions. Absolutely. And so I think you covered that very nicely. It was a good balance. We had the fun and the nostalgia, but you know what? We got to drop a truth bomb as well as a love bomb every once in a while. <laughs> truth and love bombs is good. And balance, I love you brought up balance because that means there's only one place left for us to go. That's very true. And that is to math class. And you know what we learn in math class? What's better than one Olympic Barbie, but two Olympic Barbies? Oh, my goodness. Come play with us, Christopher. Come no. play with us. Folks, I am terrified. Let's see if I can make it to math class. Oh, Get past these little girls, these Barbie <laughs> girls at the end of the hall. I'm just going to close my eyes and run, Ben. Go, 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 Hoping go, go, for the go, best. go, 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 go. 
I made it. I, I was weighed down by those six hot fudge sundaes, but nevertheless, I was able to kind of do a pop and lock pivot around the girls. I made it. I made it. lock pivot. The Barbie girls did not take me down. Every time you say Barbie girl, all I can think is, I'm a Barbie girl. Oh. Barbie, we're earled. Come on, Barbie. Let's go party. So we're in math class. We're going to get to what we think about. But I wanted to f- start with what a retired McDonald's executive felt Ooh. about in reflection on all of these. I don't know that we've ever had anyone else weigh in on math class other than our guest hosts. Right. So this is great. We're going to get an outside right because you never mathematical hear assessment stuff. i mean you you did say like in the in the alf episode you know max wright said you know after many years he looked That's back true. and he's like you know what i'm not as mad as i thought but he didn't talk about the whole series it was just his own personal thing fair that's true so this executives whose last name was shraj or shragi or, or shraje i've only seen it in writing i haven't heard it out loud he was asked in this interview not too long ago and he, I guess he was part of the team who helped develop the Happy Meal in the late 70s and early 80s mm. and asked, how do you feel about the Happy Meal's impact on the world? And specifically about this plastic waste and the health. Do you feel any guilt about what the Happy Meal has done to culture? And Shraje Shraggy said, for me, it was all about we were adding value. It wasn't about the toy. It was about value. You're not just getting a toy, but a Disney toy. Advertised on television, maybe connected to a movie, and it all adds value that makes that Happy Meal more important to a kid. And, you know, it was pretty successful. So I would say uh, zero guilt. I heard no guilt. Yeah, that sounds like a businessman slash politician response. Totally. Where he didn't really answer the question. No. He just tried to justify what they did. I would have liked to have seen, like, you know, at the time we thought it was great, but now I recognize, nah, didn't hear no. an ounce of that. Well, I, I had to imagine it's a Zoom call from his McMansion somewhere, you know, of the kingdom he's built on Happy Meals. I mean, it seems- I think he's on his McLearjet, just flying around. He's going to some private island. Well, and there was a thing, you know, and we've seen this a lot with the sort of these industries that were deregulated back then, these cartoons to sell toys and, and sweet treats and that kind of stuff. That, like, concern about kids' well-being just wasn't that big of a focus back then. Like, adults just weren't so – it wasn't top of mind like it is today. Food nutrition and marketing and how that affects children, it wasn't really a big thing. True, but you just kind of – it's like I said at the top of this show. When you know better, you do better. And you just <laughs> hope that this guy might have had a little bit of perspective. Didn't hear it, though. You're right. Yeah. So, Chris, now that we're at the end – of this episode Mm -hmm. how do you feel these hold up what is your take on fast food toys so i think in the end this was just pure gimmick right oh yeah and the decade of kids marketers saw a gold mine and boy did they strike a rich vein kids across the country and the globe harness their pester power to get the coolest new toy flashed hypnotically on the screen during saturday morning cartoons Add in a ticking clock of while supplies last and you have a capitalist's fever dream in the making because we wanted, nay, needed Needed. that toy. Oh, yeah. And the burgers and the fries and whatever. Whatever. And while I do have fond memories of those childhood desires and wish fulfillment like we've talked about, the toys were, I think, with rare exception, the first to go into the family garage sale. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, garage sales. That was a great place to find them. Good call. You know, because, of course, they had to be cheap to be handed out so casually. 
or later for 10 cents uh, <laughs> to get around laws. Uh, but yeah, they were kind of junky. And much like the juicy burger in the commercial, I think they looked better on screen than in your hot little hands. I think it's one of those examples of how wanting a thing and getting the thing are two very different experiences. Mm. Ooh. So I think these toys serve as a nostalgic memory to look back on, a neat item for an avid collector's display, but in the final analysis, were as discardable as the box and wrappers they came with. Oh, snap! The Hamburglar gauntlet has been thrown. That was good. That was a good <laughs> Free Hamburglar. Free Hamburglar. Free Hamburglar. God, Nick, that was awesome. Uh, that's good. I think, you know, I don't think there's going to be surprises here in math class. I think most of my points have already been made. But, you know, I see two sides to it here. I've got a negative and a positive takeaway. Mm-hmm. The negative, everything in contemporary culture hits home. This generated a ton of plastic waste. And now we've got headlines that microplastics are being found in people's lungs mm. and in the fish we eat. Mm. You know, plastic is everywhere. Plastic waste, single-use plastics is a huge problem. And this was a ton of plastic. And to your point, not always that great of plastic. <laughs> they were yeah. all awesome. This is a huge, huge problem, which is a bummer. But, you know, me, always, always this uh, bleeding heart champion of the health and well-being of children on this podcast. Although we as kids thought it was great, we were not aware of the machinations behind it that were not great. And mm-hmm. I, I do, you know, I, I don't want to speak in hyperbole here, but I think there's a chance that this could have created a, a several generations of kids with unhealthy relationships with food because they were, you know, driven to get this unhealthy food because of the toy they could find in the in the box of the bag. Yeah. You studied psychology. What's the proper reaction that you're getting a reward when you eat this crappy food? It comes down to a lot of neurotransmitters. You probably heard about hitting that dopamine button. Yes, dopamine, dopamine is a big pleasure producing associated neurotransmitter. So it's definitely hitting that dopamine button. Yeah. So everything outside of what the kids were aware of is is problematic at the time. Mm. However, on the positive, this is one heck of a brilliant, lucrative business partnership. (laughs) This is great for the TV producers. This is great for the movie producers. And it's great for the fast food. You know, kids see the movie or the cartoon and they want the toys. Well, maybe the toys are too expensive or too hard to get at the toy store. Well, you can just get a little Happy Meal or your kid's meal and get a toy from it. And then it's the cycle. Now you've got the toy. So now you want to watch the cartoon while you play with your toy. It's genius. And I think both parties win here. Huge. So it's genius. Especially the boot buckets, man. The boot bucket was, I mean, that's not a partnership, but that's just a brilliant toy. That's great. Carry it around. It's so good. You made kids want a bucket. <laughs> what a genius move. Uh, and I agree. There's some warm nostalgia here, like going through these and unlocked memories of pool parties as a little kid. Uh, like I said, I loved remembering that, that Ninja Turtles chip clip that I got mm. in one was so great. And I think some of these toys are in some ways just as important as the show. You know, I think some kids and people might remember that fast food toy, that um, Muppet Babies or that Tiny Toon Adventures racer or the Fraggle Rock racer as much, if not more, than some of the episodes. It was very powerful. Mm. So I'm torn. It's sort of like, you know, we loved it in the 80s, but we hope it doesn't repeat anymore. <laughs> we, we, we need to stop. When you know better, you do better. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This was a delightful little trip down memory lane. There were so it many was. different little neurons to pull out in this one. Some saucy history that I didn't know was going to happen. 
so this was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming on this road trip with me. This was great. Oh, this is great. This is a, a fun little trip. You know, it's fun to do these like phenomena topics. Yeah. It's kind of like when we talked about sweet treats. It's like, it's this very big cumbersome topic, but there's so much to pull from it. Right. So it's kind of fun to get the variety. Sometimes we talk about very specific things. Sometimes we go broad and they're both enjoyable. So this is a great time. It's a variety show. It has me ready for a summer road trip, Ben. Perfect. And so I don't, you know, I felt a little anxiety when I was picking this episode and I hope you were emotionally prepared to carry the immense burden and weight of selecting and announcing the final topic of season two of 80s high. Absolutely, Ben. This was something, I actually chose this topic a while back. It sort of came into mind and it came from a conversation that you and I had. And I think you're going to remember it as we get to this topic because Ben, we're cruising towards summer. Mm-hmm. The window is down, one elbow pointing to the sea, a Ooh. Happy Meal burger in the other hand, <laughs> one thigh on the steering wheel. Our road trip is nearly complete. Oh, man. Just one thing seems to be missing so far. <gasps> we need some awesome tunes. Oh, we do need some tunes. So I want to leave season two on an 80s high. See what I did oh, there? Oh, I see what you did. Ah! Something to bring a smile to our faces and a good feeling in our hearts. And to do so, I want to focus on a musician who brought us joyful streams throughout the 80s and beyond. Oh, okay. Ooh, 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 ooh. And to do so... We must answer this riddle. How can we combine Michael Jackson, Madonna, Billy Idol, Cyndi Lauper, Joan Jett, Tiffany, the police, and myriad others into one person? I have a guess, but I don't want to spoil it. As Luke Walker from Starfight would lament, that's impossible. It's impossible. Starfight. Go watch it, everybody. (laughs) Brought to you by Burger Chef. Burger Chef. (laughs) Starfight. Perhaps it is possible for someone to harness such power, so long as they have three things, Ben. A knack for wordplay, long, curly locks, oh my God. and an accordion. It is what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> That's yes. right. Fellows and bellows, on our 40th and final episode of season two, we're going to revisit the man who brought us parodies and polkas, lyrics and laughter, <sighs> and six studio albums in the 80s alone. That's right. I'm talking about the musical genius who was and is Weird Al Yankovic. Eat it. Eat it. No one wants to eat it. What a great pick. Oh, my God. Spatula City. Spatula City. Spatula City. You've seen you Yes? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's been a while. Oh, my God. Once again, folks, I don't like to watch terrible things, so I don't think I could stomach UHF oh, as so an adult. It's so good. It's so much Is fun. Is it, though? It's awesome. Is it? Is it? Oh, <laughs> man. I haven't watched these music videos in a long time, so I can't wait to revisit them, and there's a lot to take in. So, oh, my God. Super excited. Weird Al is such a cool guy, a great performer. Can't wait to talk about him on our next episode of what ben of 80s high thanks everyone for listening to 80s high podcast by ben and chris our theme song is by greg reed at gregreedmusic.com with vocals by chad bumford show artwork is by alex goddard at alexgoddarddesign.com 
If you like the show, please support us by passing a note to a friend in your next class. Also, you can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to help spread the rumor. Stay radical.